Sam O'Reilly for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm in Brentwood today, lucky enough to be joined by Kevin Mitchell. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you very much. Yeah, very good. Just been talking to your uh, your young man, about to make his debut tomorrow, Jordan yeah. Flynn. Yeah. Talk to me about the boy. Yeah, basically, he came to me about six months ago. I started training him. I wanted to get to know whether I liked him or whatnot, and how he is as a person. He's a cheeky chap, he's like myself, he's a nice kid. Shut up, Kevin! And he listens. And we've got people shouting out. He listens in. He's, he's coming on more. He's living bundles in the gym. I've had inspiring Dan Tony Sims' gym quite a lot. He likes a Joe Gordina, Martin Wolds, a lot of fighters, Dan Charles Frangham. He's just coming on and on. I think when you've got these young kids that turn pro, they want to expect it to happen there, 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 there. They like the transformation for them to, to the pros. Yeah. But I'm more thinking like six fights, eight fights down the line, how much he's going to come on. So he's coming on in just a short space of time, you can ask Jordan himself, he's learning loads. Well, that's exactly what he's just it said, just he's time. learning every day from you, Kev. It takes time, a bit fit to settle in and be up between fights when he's in, when he's actually in practice, when, he, when he's under attack and he panics. He'll go naturally back to his old ways. It'll take time for it to settle in, so then the, the movements have him moving, slipping, sliding, and, and the reactions. I reckon about six fights from now, you'll start seeing him look, looking unbelievable. Different sorts of opponents, yeah, yeah, different yeah, learning yeah. fights and stuff. Exactly that. His debut is on a, on a big show. It's obviously his MTK show, but it's, it's televised on Sky. Yeah. So it's part of a big, you know, it's a big deal to prove to be part of deal, his yeah. debut. Of course, massive deal for him. Um, we were talking when, we, when he was about signing contracts about who was going to sign with and I said, like, listen, not, I said, I said, MTK had done what they're doing now. I said, they're my friends. I said, they'll look after you. I said, and they'll get you to where you want to be in the future. I said, you ever, there's... Yeah. If you're good enough, potentially in the next three or four years, to get where you want to be, they're the people that will be able to put you in the right position and they'll look after. So yeah, I'm they're, sure they're that a, they're a growing entity in the sport, yeah, aren't they? They're flying, doing really well, and they're looking after the fires. They're not whipping them off, as some people know until I do out there. But he's been looked after, and they will, they will look after him. Definitely, the, the opportunities are going to come knocking, I'm sure. Yeah, they will. Um, you don't work with just any fighter. You, who's in your stable now? I know you, you keep it quite quite small knit, quite, quite close knit. I think even when I have, I'm, I'm, I'm about five years off from having a big stable. I don't want a big stable. The biggest stable I'll have in my height will be five fighters at the most of my own fighters. Um, I've got a few things I'm doing at the minute. I've got things in the pipeline, but as in for now, I work with Jordan only. I was working with Louis Lim, but Louis done a deal with. Um, Done a deal with, with the ones and went away with his chase his dream, let him do his dream. I spoke to him today, he's alright, he's happy, he's safe. He's with, with a few of my friends from the Peacock looking after him, so he's safe. But yeah, as in I only work for now working with Jordan. I work down the West Ham Amateur Boxing Club with all the kids, my sons, my old coaches, Russell Gerrard, Terry Abbott and Chris Penny. And basically we're down there. It's like going back to your roots, isn't it? It is, yeah, but that's all I really love that. I love, I love being down there. I did my bit of PT in, in the West End, so it's good, but it's going really well. I'm enjoying I'm back, I'm back in love with the sport for years, I hated it. But I didn't get what I thought I, should, I deserved out of the sport but now I'm back enjoying it and I'm giving my, my knowledge out to the kids like Jordan to young kids in the West End gym like my sons and that it's good that, that was my next question actually about your love for boxing and where you are with it at the minute mentally you know it's mm -hmm. been a very very tough time for you um, and it's something that you've you've always gone back to boxing is, is you it's in you isn't yeah, it so. not, I say that to people in the West End so like, so I mean you're in these gyms in the West End your people been involved in the sport for four years or five years and all of a sudden they're a master in what they do I find it quite funny. I say this, but this has been my life since I've been like, I've been involved in combat since I was a five-year-old kid. It's been my life. And I was saying to my mum, I said like, when I, I said we write my biography in a minute. I was saying to like, Kevin Mitchell's writing. I said like, I can remember like, start off being about seven years of age on the school playground. She went, you must be effing nuts. She went, you start off at 18 months in the front room. You was like, like, like a whirlwind flying around the front room. I was just fighting's been my life, and I'm good at it. No matter what it is, kickboxing, grappling, I will pick things up quick. 
with boxing I'm good with it and also coaching it being with Tony Simmons the last few years of my career Tony had me coaching with him down in the gym as, I, as he would go on early I'd take the gym over and coach like, all my friends and that and I was so sorry I started realising I was good at coaching and I was enjoying it so yeah so thanks for Tony Simmons I'm doing what I'm doing now really yeah yeah. No, definitely it's, it's um for, for me who's watched you in the sport for many years to see you stay in the sport and you have so much to give it's um it's a pleasure to see it Kevin so, no thanks yeah honestly um, thank you very much for talking to Boxing Social thank you for your time thank you very much. and look forward to seeing your boy in there Saturday night cheers Tommy This is Omar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Joined by Kevin Mitchell. It's been a while, Kevin. I haven't seen you for ages. Getting old now, no? yeah. Nah, that's too harsh. That's too nah. harsh. Someone who's definitely not old is Jordan Flynn, uh, yep. who we've got on tomorrow. Uh, got a body better than most of us, hasn't he? Yeah, old Peter Andre body, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, makes his pro debut yep. uh, at Brentwood Centre. Talk to me about him. Basically, he came to me a few, well, four months back, five months back. Five months ago, five, six months ago. Started training. I don't take on any kid, like, because I like to get to know the kid person, see what he's like as a person. He's a nice kid, he's a good kid. He works hard, he listens. He's been inspiring a lot down Tony Sims' gym. Had him a bit um, inspiring for everyone, Joe Cordina, Martin, Martin Ward. He's just been inspiring, inspiring real hard, listening, learning. He's, I think he's what's saying about him, yeah. Okay. Uh, what weight's he at? He fights at uh, well, light, light weight, I've seen that, but it'd be a lightweight super right. yeah. Um What do you make of the whole tournament tomorrow as well with the golden contract? I think it's a good, it's good, it's a good tournament what MTK are doing. Um, they're, they're they're giving kids opportunities, and this, this is what I'm friends with them anyway. My mate's been friends with Adam and Lee since I've been a kid. But they're giving kids opportunities, and that's what they need. These kids instead of like all you got is a ticket deal. They're giving kids opportunities where they can earn money mm. and they can go and get potential shots at, at big titles if if they're good enough. So yeah, I think that this tournament just opens kids' dreams, sort of thing. I think yeah. Mm. Uh, Bar Jordan, who else are you working with? Are you still working with Louis? No, I'm not with Louis no more. Okay. Louis now with um, Peacock Gym. He's, he's um, signed a deal with what, the Warrens. So I've, I've, yeah, I've let, I let him go. He's done, doing his thing. He's doing well. I spoke to him this morning. He's alright. He's, he's good. He's in good hands. I know he's in good hands. He's safe. So yeah. Okay, so you're still in contact with him? It's yeah, nice. of course. Yeah, things happen, don't they? In the fight game, like, it's, I've, I've been a fight myself, so I understand, I understand all the things when things happen. I know what the game's like. Kids chase their dreams and they get. They get sold a dream and they, they they run with it. So he's doing his thing. Mm. He's a good kid. Okay, Kevin, uh, can I get your thoughts on uh, Saudi Arabia uh, last week where Joshua got his belts back? What did you make of his performance? I texted him on the Wednesday about basically to him, keep this fight at a distance. I said, slow it down. It's obviously the game plan at the end anyway, like his trainers or all, all good, all good coaches said. I said, keep the pace really slow and see you see him deteriorate in the middle rounds and then go to work. He texted me Sunday, thanks, champ. Um, I kept your message to keep it in full. I'll see you soon. I said, well done, mate. But yeah, he's done well. He's done. He's smart. Obviously, find out it was obviously a big business move for him. So, good luck to him. He's a good man. Mm. Yeah. After that night, how do you see the heavyweight picture now? Who do you see as number one, number two, number three, etc.? Listen, you've got to look at the, the three main fighters out there. You've got Josh, Tyson and Deontay Wilder. They're the main three best fighters. I think 
they're the fights that we want to see happening. Well, we'll get Wilder Fury too in February. Yeah, we've got that coming up. I think I think AJ got. I think AJ should then face the loser, okay. and then face the winner. Why do you say that? Well, because any of them three can all beat each other. Yeah. Any given night, any given chance. The winner of them two have had it on twice. They're two good fights. One's one, 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 one. I fancy Tyson beating Wilder. Put AJ and Wilder. We're winning that, and then fights to get the V-shot with Tyson. I just think um, at that level, all three of them, they've all got the, the capabilities of beating each other. I've been at world level, world class fights, and on that right night, you can be your right night, or you can be your wrong night. But I think with them three there, they all sit at the point where when you're at that elite level, they've all got the, the beatings of each other. But I think let them two fight, face the winner, so that's him, that's him done. Then fight the champion. Then there's a bit, hopefully, be a big showdown in Vegas. Well, I hope what you're saying comes true, but in boxing... never does, because it's business, it's all different. But listen, hopefully uh, that does happen one day. There will be so much money on the pot for a Fury-Joshua fight or a Joshua-Wilder fight. That has to happen, surely. I think think Fury um, and Josh makes more sense, makes more money. I think, like, it's still out in the arena over here, isn't it? Oh, of course. That's the biggest fight in Britain ever. Don't know Wilder's a good fighter, and he's he's, he's a freak, he's a beast, but... He should not be. I think everyone says he just about sells Madison Square Garden now. That's not really a big arena. I was selling big arenas out when I was a kid. AJ Field sells that 90,000. I'm pretty sure Tyson Fury now, where he's done that WWE wrestling, he will sell out wherever he goes. So you could put you put Fury and Josh in a, in a, somewhere special. Wembley, definitely. Wembley, that'd sell out easy. Easy. Well, Joshua was selling out against Povetkin, so. Exactly, yeah, so. When you put Fury there. Yeah, yeah. The tickets will go in about two minutes. Yeah, two minutes they'll fly. Yeah, right. yeah I think that I think that makes a bigger one. Well, as I said, I hope that happens one day. Uh, but it's boxing, never does, you never know. Yeah. Uh, best of luck with Jordan tomorrow night, and uh, we'll catch a word with him and you after his fight. All right? Yep, definitely. Cheers. Nice one, Kevin. Oh, actually, Kevin, before we go, I've got to yep. mention. Obviously, you want to do this charity fight. Oh right, yeah, I've got a charity thing coming up for my brother's children. I'm gonna start doing it every year. It's gonna be a celebrity boxing show. Once a year in May on his birthday, so his birthday day, I'm gonna I'm gonna hire out your call Bethany Green. I'm gonna have a lot of celebrities on it, like Jason Afferton. I'm, I'm looking for Wayne Bridge, I think. I'm gonna ask for Eddie Earn to help me out, get him on a maybe Barney Francis, the head of Sky Sports, might be coming on there as well. Gary Logan, I might fight on there against someone that wants to fight me on there. I'll do a draw out of a hat so they can do three rounds with me in there. And get a few of my celebrity friends and get them on to help generate money from Bob's kids. That's right, that's yeah. If you could get Eddie on there, that would be. Well, that's the thing. Like, Eddie, Eddie, who I understand about Eddie's Eddie's game. If you when he used to be down in the match with him with Tony, and the Sundays and that on the weekends, it'd get in there and inspire Eddie. His game, Eddie. So I know I'll be able to put him in there. As long as I bang, put him in there in a sensible fight yeah. with him. Yeah, you can go. You're right. And that he's in there in a fight where he's not going to get fucking battered. Where he's in a fight, he's, he's game, Eddie. So yeah, I could put him in a three round fight as long as he agrees with it. Why don't you do Eddie and Coogan? That's what I want. I want Coogan. Also, I want Coogan for his iPhone TV, so maybe get Coogan's TV so every, every year goes mainstream out on that. Oh, you want to stream on IFL, yeah? Yeah, I want to, yeah. But well, definitely. I want to meet up with Coogan and have a word with him about it. He, he was close to my brother as well, so I'm pretty sure he helped me out, yeah. Yeah, God rest yeah. his soul. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you speak to MTK about it, because they sort yeah. out the streams for us. I've, so. I've had a talk with Lee and that, and Lee's going to promote the show, so yeah. Brilliant. Well, you can yeah. Get, if you can get Eddie and Coogan, I think that'll do serious that'd be, numbers. Yeah, it'd be funny, wouldn't it? They'll sort the show out, but. I've also got Jason Affin, the chef. He wants to go. He was the box for me on it. There's a lot of people on it, so yeah. Mm. Wayne Bridge has already boxed Wayne as well. Wayne Bridge boxed. Spoke to him a while back, so he said he's up for it. As long as there's a few mainstream celebrities on it, he'll be, he'll be definitely up for doing something on it. All right. Well, hopefully yeah. that comes off one day. Yep. And uh, it raises a lot of money. Yep, Anyways, boss. yeah, Kevin, uh, thanks for your time on IFL, and speak to you tomorrow. All right. Cheers, Tommy. Bye bye.
This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association for MTK Global in Brentwood. Uh, massive show on Sky Sports tomorrow. Your man uh, Stephen Ward uh, on the bill. Um, yeah, how are you feeling about him facing Blotniks and do you know much about him? Yeah, only from what I've seen, obviously, what we can get hold of on YouTube and stuff. Um, you know, looks strong, solid, in, in, in good form uh, recently. You know, he's had a, a few losses in the past, but um, it looks like he's improved from, since there. Um, so, you know, you've got a, competitions like this can bring the best out of people. So you have to really give him, you know, treat him with a lot of respect. Um, stylistically, I think he's suited for Steve. You know, obviously in stuff in situations like this, we always talk about, you know, if you're in a position where you get you get the choice, who you're going to pick. And I think um, he, he was one of the ones who suited Steve um, best style-wise. So yeah, it worked out pretty well. You know, he ended up getting second pick, and uh, and we sort of wanted um, Belotnik to be honest. It was uh, it was it was one of the ones what we said. You know, if we get the the, the opportunity, we'll pick him. So um, so yeah, it all worked out well. Obviously, disappointing to have a loss. It's for anyone, um, but the, the Conroy fight. I mean. For Liam, obviously, it was devastating, but that fight, for both of them, their stock rose, I think, was a great fight. And that rematch might not happen. Obviously, Stephen's got to come through Saturday. Liam's got to come for Andre Sterling, which is no given yeah. as well for both of them. But that is a, a rematch that could happen, and uh, it would be great to see again. Of course it could. And, you know, I think, it, 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 on paper, it's a great fight, uh, rematch for the fans. Um, the first fight was just so exciting. It was, it was one of the best fights I've been privileged to be um, in the corner for. But um, you know, in an ideal world, from from a selfish point of view, we'd like that as the final. But you, you're talking about a competition where there's there's four or five people who can potentially win it. You know, and and, it, and it's very dependent on the look of the draw and who you get. I mean, I sort of um, spoke it into his existence while we was away in Vegas talking about this, and we spoke about um, Nick and we'd probably pick him if we got the opportunity. And I said, you know. Bob Adjisaf is an awkward customer, and Jose Burton is probably one of the danger men who, who, who you'd want to try and avoid until later on in the competition. I think he's favourites with the bookies, Jose. Yeah, and then, and I said, in an ideal world, those two would box each other, and you get rid of one of them. And then, as Which fate, happen. As fate yeah. would have it, they was the the last two people, and he was left down to that. So. Um, it's just one of them things. Anything can happen. Um, I just, I'm glad Stephen's got the opportunity. He's in great form. He's made the weight well, and um, yeah, he's really excited about it. Mm. Yeah, coming off a, a good win against Liam Conroy. So, if he can uh, do the business on Saturday night, and I know it's a long way away, but if he does win this tournament on a huge platform, ESPN America, Sky Sports here, MTK putting this on, he's going to go on to massive things. Obviously. Life changing. And, and, and listen, I'm not just saying it from because Stephen's in it and from, from that point of view but when you look at all the opportunities what all these fighters are getting and the three different weight categories that they've got it's a fantastic concept it makes it a little bit more interesting it's just something a little bit new it seems like they've, they've plucked a few little ideas from the contender over the years mm. in the World Boxing Super Series and took all the best little bits and put it all together in one competition. Mm. So I've got a feeling that this is going to be one of them things which is long-standing. It'll go on for years and it'll give people the opportunity. You know, I've always been a big believer in you get to a sort of 
14, 15 fight stage, you've done your apprenticeship, and if you've had the, a proper few tests along the way, it stands you in better stead. And I think this is going to be a, a testament to people who've been brought along properly and been matched a little bit tougher will probably come through this competition better than the ones who've been padded records and, and, and you know been gifted opposition. Well, if you're in America, tune in to ESPN Plus, UK, Sky Sports tomorrow. Uh, moving on to Carl Frampton. How's his hands, firstly? Um, like broken biscuits, <laughs> by the sound of it. No, he, um, we sort of had an idea that he'd probably go um, because cause of the short time frame in between and you know smaller gloves. We really had to wrap him in cotton wool during uh, training camp just to make sure he got through it. Um, but he, he was adamant he wanted to box before Christmas. He didn't want to have to train over Christmas. He didn't want the training camp from the, the summer to go to waste. So we so we did, we just we managed it and you know it was it wasn't easy work by any stretch of the imagination. But we got there. Um he, you know he had a few problems even the week before with it, he was niggling and stuff like that. So I've got to give him massive credit for the way he, he dealt with the situation and the performance he put in on the back of all those things niggling in his mind it was fantastic and uh, you know it's looking like it could be um, herring um, fingers crossed it can they can get that over the line and uh, it's not, again that's a that's a, a tough fight it's not an easy fight he's a big big guy and he's a southpaw brings lots of problems but Carl Frampton's Carl Frampton he, yeah. he's, he's an elite level fighter and he's capable of winning that fight and going down in history. Well, Carl was adamant to me uh, in Vegas that he's not overlooking Tyler McCreary and it was clear that he wasn't because his display was so dominant. Uh, as you said, everyone's now talking about the Jamal Herring fight. Both guys were top ranked, so it should be easy to make. Carl, uh, is no secret, needs to be fighting for world titles now um, at the stages in his career. Herring has won. Also, Herring has said that he's open to coming to Belfast, yeah. so that would it be great. It makes sense because Carl, Carl's the draw in the sense of you know dragging in revenue and, and people bums on seats and um, so it makes sense for both of them um, you know like you say Carl's performance was that of someone who's 31 32 his career is on the line whereas you know if he was 26 27 it'd have probably been one of them performances where you would go with eyes he's overlooked him and he's tried to look good and try to blast him out whereas he used the experience um, but also coupled with that he, he put in a performance which said, "If I slip up here, my career's finished." So, so it was. It, it, it was a solid um, display. He went through the gears. His, his body punching was fantastic. He's really come on over the last couple of years, and um, it's, it's set, set it up nicely for what'll be a huge night if he can get that pulled off in Belfast. I bet he was glad to have his fight before Christmas as well, because there was rumours of him fighting in January. Potentially. Yeah, exactly, and that's why we, we, we really tried. And we saw—I mean, I mean, you're talking days. We we, we saw days either way with his hand and stuff like that. So, you know, credit to MTK and, and Top Rank for for sort of granting him in his wish. And, and you know, you've got to look at it in the sense that that could have gone the wrong way, and he could have maybe banged his hand up and not been out of box, mm. and then. That wouldn't have, that really wouldn't have been good. So so they had faith in us, and luckily it came off for us. Just lastly, Jamie, I want to get your thoughts on a fight in Saudi Arabia last week. Anthony yeah. Joshua got his belts back from Andy Ruiz. How do you see the heavyweight picture after that night, and what do you make of Joshua's performance? I thought he I thought he boxed brilliantly. You know, I put a post out on Twitter the next day saying you can't please people. He um, he, he literally. Um, for a great game plan, boxed, to, boxed it to a tee, never got involved. All the things, all the mistakes he made in the first fight, he, he avoided. If he'd have made those same mistakes again, people would have called him stupid. Yet, 
when he doesn't make those mistakes, people say he was running scared. He's that was more crazy. of a casual audience saying that wasn't. I think yeah. people in boxing really gave and, him credit. And, yeah, I do, I do. But I, I was just, I was venting off about going through my timeline. So it's obviously the people I follow, um, just, just, you know, just giving him loads of stiff uh, grief. Um, so I thought it was a great game plan. I always said he should never get rid of Rob McCracken. I thought he was the, you know, he's he's the brains behind him. You always have somebody you, you gel with, and and you know, who's made for you as a trainer. I think them two go go really well together. So for me, he's back as the number one heavyweight. Yeah. I think you know, do I think he's the best? And if he, if they had a round robin between Wilder and Fury, do I think he'd come out on top? Probably not. I think Fury's the best out of him. I think he, re, you know, I I believe he beat Deontay Wilder, and I think he is. But when you're looking at results and who's beat who, you know, if you look at the top ten. Um, heavyweights or the top 15 or whatever um, AJ's got more wins of those opponents than, than Wilder and Fiore so you know again it's just opinions and I'd, I'd have to rate him as number one at the moment because he's just reversed that loss to Ruiz um, and uh, Tyson got a draw with Wilder on paper but if you're asking me who I think is the best then mm. I think Fiore's the best Yeah away from paper you think in terms of talent wise and skill Fury's number I think, one. I, I think Fury's number one, and I think if they all boxed each other, I think I, I think Fury and Wilder rematch in February. I think Fury comes out on top. Um, obviously, all being a, 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 he walks into one of them big right hands, which is which is not out of question. But you know, I think AJ could beat Wilder. I think Wilder could beat AJ. I think what well, I think Fury outboxes um, them both. Okay. Listen, Jamie Moore, thank you very much for your time here in Brentwood. Best of luck with uh, Wardy tomorrow night and uh, I'll catch you a word after, all right? Cheers, mate. This is Sam O'Reilly for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Yeah. I'm in Brentwood today, joined by Lee And How are you, mate? Very good, mate. How are you? I'm very well. You've been, uh, you've been all over the gaff. I saw you all in over Tokyo. Yeah. yeah, it's been a busy year. Um, so I think this is our 20, 28th show of the year. Uh, I've been Tokyo, France, Rome, Dubai, Kazakhstan. Been all over the gaff, but it's been all right. It's good. Yeah, definitely. Let's uh, let's talk about this show itself. Another Sky, you know, yeah. the golden contract that is is making a lot of noise. A lot of people very impressed with the with the show and the 50-50s that are now on Sky. Yeah, it's been um, the featherweights have been brilliant. The featherweights was class. Obviously, the super lightweights was just uh, lived up to exactly the same as the thing. I'm pretty sure the light heavies is going to live up to it. Obviously, the the draw on Wednesday um, pulled up some great draws obviously a bit of surprise with the two favorites fighting each other but um, listen it's a it's a great fight so um, it's a great show um, Liam Conway versus Andre Sterling I think it's going to be an absolute cracker yeah. Stephen Wall versus Ricard Belotniks is uh, for the WBO European title 
So um, also Jose, obviously Jose Burton versus Safe, Tommy Philbin versus Serge Michel, which is another great fight. Um, it's good to see Tommy back um, after uh, obviously a, a very dark time in his life, obviously with depression and stuff like that. So he's come back. Um, he got a win last month in Glasgow. That was a year. It was last month. Yeah. Um, and he's ready. He's got a big opportunity to fight on Sky. So it's it's good to give the fight some of the fighters of the opportunities. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be a great show and it will live up to his name. Yeah, you touched on Burton and Adjusev, two former British champions. Yeah. I mean, ideal scenario would that have been later in the competition? Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. But um, for all the others, it's good because one of the favourites probably will go out. Or will go out. Um, but it's like Jose Burton said uh, in the press conference. It's probably not going to be the most exciting fight. Um, very awkward styles. Um, but listen, hopefully it might gel. It might, but uh, it might go into a great fight. But um, we just have to see. It, it doesn't really matter. It's gonna, it's, there's two quality fighters, so I'm sure it'll be a good fight. Yeah, another light heavyweight fight, not in the golden contract, is the English title. Dan yep. Aziz, Lawrence Osweku. That's a great fight. Yeah, it's a great fight. Obviously, I wanted Dan in the golden contract, but um, obviously he was, had the chance to go in it. But he's coach. Yeah. Didn't think he was ready to go in that with some of the fighters, which I I disagree with. But obviously he's his coach, um, and obviously me and Dan had a chat, so we got him as a, in oh, got him a good fight, got him for the English title, which is meant to fight Dex Spellman, which would have been an absolute cracker. But Dex got injured unfortunately, so we um, swapped him with Lawrence Saku, however you say his name. Um, so yes, yeah, another good fight. Lawrence was was going to go in the tournament, but after his fight with Ricky Summers <laughs> it wasn't the most exciting fight and I think it sort of put him back a bit but he, he come in he's a reserve so he was a reserve so if anyone did pull out he would have gone in but obviously now he, he'll fight Dan for the um, English title which is a cracking fight Dan's had a very nice progression under you you've had him from the very yeah, well, start yeah we so, uh, signed Dan from obviously from the amateurs um, obviously kept him very busy in the first year I think he had seven fights in his first year then he uh, he fought for the southern area on a matchroom show he had a fight last month and now obviously he's ready for the English title which I believe he wins um, wins quite clearly talk about some of your uh, some of your other debutants that are on the card you're yeah. starting off with I think three or four debutants on it we've got four debutants um, there was meant to be five but there were one of them um, license weren't done in time but yeah you've got Jordan Flynn who is um, an elite amateur uh, very good amateur boxer GB in England and stuff like that he's, he's on the bill Mohamed Samir who didn't have many amateur fights probably only had about 20 amateur fights but um, he's a very good kid trained by my friend Tommy Martin former English champion uh, so it'd be good to see Tommy back involved in boxing um, also we got mate my head's gone blank <laughs> Oh yeah, George, sorry, um, George Mitchell, 18-year-old George Mitchell's um, unbelievable talent. Got to every single final. He's been in competition in, in the amateurs um, since obviously 11 years old. So he's making his debut. Who's oh, mate? My head's gone. Does, does, does that add a little bit of um, not incentive, but you, you know, saying you brought someone from from zero and now, uh, for example, Dan Aziz about to box. Yeah, no, this is obviously Dan Aziz. Um, we, 
we, when we signed him, he was like, oh, I don't think I'll be able to sell tickets, oh, I don't know. But we said, look, let's try it, let's see how we get on. And we've built him. And do you know what? Dan builds himself as well. He does a lot of advertising himself, gets a lot of, obviously, posters and stuff like that. Does a lot of uh, building, which a lot of fighters should learn from. But building, you're building your own profile, because in this game, you need a profile. Yeah, and you need, sometimes you need to build your own profile. Definitely. Um, he's been kept busy, he's been on good shows, and he's been the right fights at the right time. So. It's, it's good to bring someone from that and obviously to him to win his first title and now fight for his second title um, it's, it's going to be hopefully it's going to be a great night especially for me what's the situation with Sky do they just have the four golden contract fights or is there a possibility Dan could possibly make it onto Sky no um, the fa Facebook starts uh, Sky Sports Facebook starts from 5 o'clock okay. um, and then um, from 7.30 the golden contract starts um, it, I would sorry the other debut in the Singh Bassey He's the live float for the night, so he could get on Sky. Obviously, if there's a if there's a knockout, he will be on Sky. Mohammed Samir is the second float, so he will hopefully. Get, if, I'm hoping for a couple of knockouts, so they both get on Sky. But if not, one will go at the end, sort of thing. But um, with Dan Z's fight, it won't be on actual Sky because obviously it's a big fight, it's a ten rounder, so you can't just squeeze it on. We're only um, obviously got from half seven till eleven, half eleven. So um, the four main fights is what Sky have got. From a personal standpoint, yeah. you know, you're now promoting shows on Sky Sports. Yeah. Would this feel like, you know, maybe 18 months ago, two years? Is this a dream? Is this, has this sunk yeah, in you that you're doing this? No, listen, it's a, it's a massive, massive thing. Obviously, um, it's obviously it's not. It's just not just me. I'm part of the team. MTK Global is a massive team. Obviously, I'm the promoter. Obviously, and it's a proud. I'm proud as proud as anything to do to do this and to be given these opportunities. Is um, I'm really happy with. And obviously, I've took with both hands. Obviously, when we started MTK London, you was there for the first show. So first ever show three years ago. Near just well, what is it three years? Three years in January or something like that. Yeah. So we're. Um, We've cut, we've started literally started from the bottom literally and obviously we've worked our way up um, and for for MTK Global it's just growing every day by day every day even like some of the phone calls I get during the week so I just think just shake your head in disbelief but it, it's great it's great for me obviously great to have a, a big part of the team obviously Ian Richie's uh, basically me and Ian have done the events and that and um, now he he organises all the events like so him and his team with Martin and Lewis and stuff like that so he's he's took a lot off me to do that so we was doing it together but now he does all the events and obviously I do all the boxing side so um, it's a lot less stress than what it was when we first started but yeah. progression is the company's growing day by day do you know what I mean so and we've got a good team around us so it's, 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 it's exciting well, it's been exciting to watch the, the progression and you know now you rub shoulders with the likes of Bob Arum and the first name terms of Vasil Lomachenko and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, listen, it's still like a dream come true. Like, I'm, I'm At the end of the day, I'm a boxing fan still. Obviously, I come in this as a fan, and I'm still a boxing fan. I still go all fanboy moments with Lomachenko and Nube, <laughs> Bob, um, and stuff like that. It's mad to think in August that I co-promoted a show with Bob Arum. Like, it's just, like, I'd never have thought that, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. mad, but listen, it's good. It's exciting. I, I, I'm just looking forward to 2020. So so after tonight, what's your next show? Um, I'm having... Or tomorrow night, even. Yeah, 
after tomorrow night, I am having about five weeks off. Not off, but no shows for five weeks. I get to spend some time with my little boy. Um, I spoke to him last night. I said, I'll be, I'm at home for 30, about 35 sleeps because he how many sleeps you're away from. And I told him he nearly had a heart attack. So I'm buzzing <laughs> to just spend some time with my family. Um, but um, we're back February the 1st with an absolute cracking show in Belfast. Um, Belfast. Uh, Sean McComb versus Moro Godoy. Um, Davey Oliver Joyce versus Lee Haskins. And then the Battle of Ireland. Uh, Gary Cully versus Joe Fitzpatrick. Um, there's another fight going to be announced today, I think, um, for Lewis Crocker. But obviously, I better not say that now. But um, so, and then they've got a cracking undercard. Um, and then we'll be going for the semi-finals. It'll be, I think, the semi-finals will be announced next week. Um, so there'll be two shows for the semi-finals. One, one in one month, and then one another month. Um, and then we'll look in March the seventh. We're back at Brentwood. Uh, Danny Dignam will um, headline the show in a defence of his WBO European against an 17-0 undefeated kid, which will be announced very soon. Um, it's all happening. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, things happening for our fighters. Jay Jay Harris has just been uh, nominated to fight uh, for the mandatory position for the IBF World Title. Chantel Cameron's been called to have the mandatory fight against Jay, uh, Jessica McCaskill. So that will happen all in 2020. Um, there's massive fights happening. So yeah, it's exciting. 2020 is looking very, very busy. Oh, 2019 has been superb. Topped off tomorrow night at Brentwood Centre. Yeah, it's be a good show. Lee Eaton, thank you very much for your time. No worries. Thank, thank you. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in New York, head of this week's top-ranked triple header from the Garden. I'm joined by Christina Poncha. How are you, Miss? I'm well. How are you? I'm very well. Miss, is that what you say? Misses. I'm married, so misses. Maybe. But we call we just I say miss, miss to everyone. Miss, it's better than ma'am. Yeah. Oh, ma'am. Yeah, I feel really old. Like, ma'am, I'm like, damn, more yeah. wrinkle cream on I'm my. Not eighty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Huge card from the Garden this week. Kind of a triple header. Three very intriguing fights. Terence Crawford's mandatory. Comey Lopez and then Conlon and Nikitin. So what fight are you most looking forward to, Christina? Probably the same as, as most people. Comey Lopez is, I think, the most evenly matched fight on the triple header. Um, it's, it's truly a 50-50 fight. If you know these guys, you know the skills they possess. Um, Comey's right hand is a problem. You know, it's something to be reckoned with, and we haven't seen Tiafimo's chin quite get tested yet, but he possesses all the skills. He is a puncher, he is a boxer, he is a counterpuncher. He's been working more on his defense, so he has all the skills to get it done, but he's 10 years younger and, you know, nearly only half the fights that Comey's had. So there's a lot of questions to be answered, and I can't wait for Saturday. Um, the main event, Terence Crawford defending against Kavalowskis. 
I love the way it's being built as just mean machines to kind of <laughs> help people I mean, out a little bit. I don't even know if Crawford could say Kowalowskis right. You've got it down. I've got it down. But we've been we've been saying his name for quite some time, and that's because he's built himself up right to this mandatory position. I know uh, mean machine is also easier for the hashtag. You know Crawford machine instead of trying to do Cavalier. You know even his first name people just have said Igis now instead of Igidius. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's a mandatory position. And look, belts matter to a lot of these fighters, and they matter to Crawford. Could he have said, "Oh, I'll just vacate this belt and try to"? Get, get another fight for some money and not do his mandatory, sure. But that's not really his goal is once again to become unified champion and, and, and maybe even lineal if the opportunity presents itself. So, so he's taking his mandatory and, and that's boxing. You got to do what you got to do. Now, I didn't, I wanted to ask you about this weekend, but I didn't really want to kind of, that be the kind of main issue why I was talking to you. I was kind you of, got we've got issues. issues. <laughs> it's an issue, the main issue. We've got, What's we've got the issues, issue? that sounded a bit wrong. Uh, I wanted to kind of really know how you got involved in the sport. I find that more of an interesting story, to be fair. Is that fair to say? Sure. sure. Um, you know, I, I got into boxing kind of on a whim. I, I was a sports reporter covering basketball and football in Southern California, working for Fox. And, um, you know, my family was more so like casual boxing fans. We would get the, the big fights, the Tyson fights, uh, the De La Hoya fights, et cetera, Holyfield. And, uh, you know, when Top Rank approached a friend of mine, actually, who was helping them uh, with their social media presence. And 2020 will be 10 years ago now since, you know, they approached me and was like, look, we're kind of looking for a reporter. You're based in L.A. Could you kind of cover a press conference for us? And, you know, do you know boxing? And I said, well, I know it casually, but, um, you know, I'm a sports reporter. I study. I, I, I'm graduated college as a journalism major. So I said, I think I can make this work. So I was working full time at Fox, went over and covered a press conference on my lunch break and kind of just started going from there. And I, I really immersed myself in the sport and learned more about it as I started working on it. But it was more of like, hey, a friend of a friend and we need a reporter and could you do it? And, you know, I kind of just dove right in and I, f I fell in love with it ever since. And 2020 will be 10 years since, you know, working with Top Rank and it was Boxing Channel and some stuff for HBO and now ESPN. It's, it's been quite a journey, Coogan. It's awesome. It sounds, I think you've just summarised it in about two minutes, but obviously the, over try. 10 years, you've just summarised in two <laughs> yeah, minutes. But yeah. um, it, it's very difficult to obtain jobs, even in the UK, on television, in boxing. Um, I can say this, I don't know how much more difficult it is for a female to do so. Uh, it's definitely more difficult. And the crazy part is, is it's, I think a lot of it's just solely based on gender. I mean, there's a lot of men that have had the position that, that I'm in now and they've never boxed a day in their life either, but somehow uh, they get more credibility off the bat just being a male. And um, so it, it takes a little while and I do feel like we got to prove ourselves a little bit more, but I've always carried myself with professionalism. I've always studied and done my homework and went to gyms and talked to fighters and watched tape and did all the things that I felt like I had to do and probably had to do it a little bit more and work a little bit harder than maybe a male counterpart. But you know, I feel like I've grown leaps and bounds in the past few years and the chance for top rank at ESPN to give me a shot even to do play-by-play, -play, something not only one other woman has ever done in boxing before, I think it lends itself to, to the hard work and everything that I put in. And, you know, maybe now we're starting to kind of scratch that surface and break through. And, you know, there was really no other women when I started. And now almost every channel has a woman somewhere doing interviews or, or putting a woman on TV and giving them those opportunities. And I think that also shows that, like, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're getting to the point, a little behind the eight ball to other sports, at least here in the United States, American sports. Do you feel like you're still being kind of judged by the outside public? Yeah, 100%. I don't yeah. think that's ever going to change. Yeah. I mean, there will be people that simply don't like to listen to my commentary because 
my tone, I am a woman. My voice is, you know, I don't have a high squeaky voice. I kind of have a lower register, but it doesn't matter. Some people are like, and I, I just can't get used to hearing a woman calling sports and or calling, you know, boxing. So I don't think that's ever really going to change. But I think once people do a little bit of homework and understand the work that I put in where I come from, then they're like, all right, Pondra's legit. Like, let's let your guard down a little bit and give her a shot because she's put in the work, you know. But it, 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 I don't know at what point it will ever, if ever, will be equal. It's interesting because obviously since kind of the, the rise of female boxing itself over the last three or four years especially, where we have fantastic fighters such as Clarissa Shields and Katie Taylor and uh, Cecilia Breakhouse, all, all these girls who on their day could probably beat some men. So, but they're still being judged. Some people just won't have it. They want to look at them and think, it's women's boxing, I can't watch it. Regardless of what they're watching, their brain doesn't allow them to kind of just accept it for them being fighters as opposed to these are women in the ring. It's so true, and, and you know what, and that's okay because, look, at the end of the day, everybody has a preference. You have a preference in who you pick as your partner. You have a preference in what kind of food you eat, what kind of drinks you like. It's just It always comes down to a matter of preference. As long as I feel like you're respectful, I mean, if you don't want to watch, then don't watch, you know, and, and, and that's fine. But um, to strictly say I'm not watching because they're a woman, that that's kind of what makes our that, – that's what the, the hard part is for me. These, Do I want them to have – you know, three-minute rounds, yes. And do I wish they were, you know, given the same opportunity to, to be on a, a semi-main event and get the bigger exposure, yes. And I think we're working towards that. But to simply say, oh, just because they're a woman, I'm solely not going to watch instead of giving them the respect, it's, that's difficult for me. That's hard to understand. Can you fight? I'm not a fighter, no. I've never been in a fight. I kind of, I'm a talker, right? So I've been able to kind of talk my way out of whatever situation. I've only been close once, but most people don't step to me. I don't know if I'm, I'm you think I'm intimidating, Coogan, and that's why I've never uh, been no. in a fight? I don't know. No? Like, you just backed it. No. Oh. <laughs> no, stay in my spot. Don't move, Pondre. <laughs> no, I was just thinking off the whole back of the whole KSI Logan Paul euphoria that hit us last month. I don't know. I was just thinking, is there another f like female reporter that no. you'd like to smashing the jaw no not at all i'm not a, i'm definitely not a fight i'll call the fight and that, yeah. and that would be fun but you're not going to get me to to lace up the gloves it's not it's not my thing because i'll be honest it's got me thinking because i am a, technically i'm a youtuber and there's many people out there that you know i could kind of build a little rivalry with and maybe I, you know. yeah but i don't have a rivalry with anybody Inbox. You make a rivalry. I'm sure. You want me to make I'm, one sure up. <laughs> I'm sure KSI and Logan Paul didn't have one prior to their first fight. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. That's not. I'm not in the in that business. You know what I mean. So I think I, I'd call the fight. Let's let's pick two other two other girls to go at it, and I'll and I'll do the commentary. A lot of people call for me to fight Radio Raheem. It's just maybe your stature is similar. That's it. Would you know. call that fight? Oh, I would absolutely call the fight. And who wins that fight for you? Gosh. You're being interviewed on this channel. You've got to say I mean, me. I, I, I would ha probably have to give you the nod. I think you have a few inches. Your reach is a little bit longer. You've, you've been around a lot of these you know, heavyweights over there in the UK lately. I think they can teach you some. You mean, would it be a heavyweight fight? What are you yeah, heavyweight, yeah. yeah. I don't know what Raheem's wearing. <laughs> I don't know if I'd make cruiser, to be fair. Would you let him fight with the sunglasses on? <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably. He, he could fight with ascot, maybe. An ascot, too. Yeah. I think Chappelle would be in his corner. Who would be in your corner? Oh, Chappelle would be in Raheem's corner. corner. I'll probably have, I don't know. I'd probably ask if, um, do you know what? I'm spoiled for choice. I'm, I'm spoiled for choice. See, See now the someone are. from the UK. Give me this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the first Wayne is happening. 
because we're not really used to this in England. Like, we know it goes on, but it's like, we've got a show weighing later, but the right. official weighing is, is happening now. But in England, we don't really have this that. Is not, this is not, like, what happens on, on most fight cards. They're kind of treating this fight as a pay-per-view. And they're doing it this way mostly for production value and TV. So these guys get in here, and they weigh in, and they do their licensing and their paperwork with commission. They get on the scale for the for the official, and then they go on later for the production purposes for, for TV. It's it's similar to what they do with the UFC for big fights, to where there's not standing up there in their, their underwear, there's not any controversy <laughs> or anything like that and they can put on a good production value. The, the key will be, I think... Just bringing this back with Christina Poncha because I'll just be honest, the, the memory card was full and I couldn't really monitor what was going on. So you were talking about uh, the Waynes kind of uh, being similar to the ones at the UFC. Yeah, this is how we're doing it today with the guy stepping on the scale in the morning. Um, you know, no cameras, no live streaming, no show, really not open to the public. They're going to get up there for the commission, just a small scale on the ground, um, get the weigh-in filed as far as the weight is concerned. And then later this afternoon, they'll go eat, rehydrate somewhat, and then um, go later for the uh, ESPN production that they're putting together. So that will be like a half an hour show where well, they'll get up there, it'll, you know, all the bells and whistles and things like that. But they will have already, you know, officially weighed in. Four, four or five hours prior to but they usually just do these for big shows like pay-per-views it's kind of similar to what the UFC does um, for their weigh-ins where they have the guys weigh in behind the scenes I think the bigger issue is going to be when you have guys that like seriously don't make weight and then you have this show planned for later and, and what you do about that but this is only the second or third time I believe we've done it like this and you know smooth sailing so far good thing it didn't happen last weekend with uh, Valdez's opponent coming in 10-11 pounds overweight so that was crazy. Yeah, that actually would have been interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been like kick him off the show and kick him out of the hotel, and I could have got up there and just did the weigh-in part. Oh, actually, I don't know, not at 126 pounds. <laughs> That's yeah, that was quite. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say. Um, okay, well, listen. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and obviously, fight night tomorrow here in New York. And uh, yeah, I was just don't know if this bit cut out, but I was just saying earlier on that. You're very kind of positive. You seem very like smiley and happy and you're always talking to people. So, yeah, just keep doing that. Thank you. I, I am. I know it, it just seems like that, but it's really, an, I'm, I am happy to be here and I smile a lot and, you know, everything is good. I mean, when you're, when you're where you're meant to be and you feel like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, um, you can't help but smile. So that's, that's what it is. I'm genuinely happy to be here. Absolutely. Christina, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV and hopefully we'll grab a word of you uh, some other time in the future. For sure. And if the bit cut out about your fight with Raheem, we'll, we'll run that back on the next segment when you think no, about it. I think that one's all right. I think that one's okay. in there. I just want to make sure because you've got some time to think between now and our next interview who yeah. would be in your corner. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Scooby. Absolutely. And I'd be the A side, I think, oh. definitely. First dressing room to me as well. That's it. Hashtag Cassius. Uh, would Raheem be? You'd have to get his real last name, maybe. I don't know, we'll work on that part later. Thank you, Christina. Bye. Thank you. Uh, in regards to yourself, when are we expecting a sort of the, your next date? 
early New Year we should find out who, where, where I'm fighting and who I'm fighting. So I want to be back out early next year, around about March or April, and then fight end of the year as well. So yeah, I'll keep myself busy. I'm started a bit of training, keep myself ticking over and stuff. Uh, don't really put much weight on it. So I'm, I'm, I'll be ready for that day. And just finally, uh, what were your thoughts on Ruiz uh, Joshua too? Joshua going over in Saudi Arabia and managing to pretty much a shutout win on the cards, your thoughts? Yeah, definitely put on a great clinical finish. Uh, he boxed well, did what he had to do. He had to keep it long, keep it smart and use his uh, game plan. And he stuck to it, that's why you have to respect. Um, and you could see that um, with the Ruiz, he came in very heavy thinking that Joshua was going to come to fight, but Joshua was on his back foot, moving around, using that long jab and, and, and beating him to the punch. So, I mean, the way he won that fight, you know, credit to him. He's back world champion again, and I, and I think it's great for British boxing. What's next for Anthony Joshua? There's a difference, obviously, between the IBF mandatories and the WA mandatories. Who would you prefer to see him face? I think with the mandatories, I think uh, you have to take or you end up losing a title. So I think if he takes on, uh, I think the WBA mandatory want him to fight Uzik. I think that's a tough fight. And then there's another mandatory. But I think who Eddie might want to put him in the ring with is, is the other heavyweight, the, other, the guy who fought on the card. Uh, uh, not Pulev. Is he IBF? But I think he might not even fight none of the mandatories. He might maybe do a step aside and maybe fight uh, the kid that was on the undercard as AJ. No, not Dylan White. It was the uh, it was another fighter. Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, I think I think that fight could happen because I know Eddie was talking about maybe making that fight in the future. So I think it might be good. You know, they both got the win on the week on, the, on last weekend. So maybe that can happen. Thanks for your time, man.